Life is busy. We get pulled in a million different directions, but you can still manifest your life on purpose. And it starts now. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. So I am here live with Susan Swearingen. And, you know, there's so many things going on today in today's world. And it's just a different life for everybody. And, and in our lifetimes, when has something really happened like this? So I'm really happy to have you here today so that you can share with us some of the things that you do in your daily practice, but also give us some tips and just, you know, share with us first who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, great. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining. I am Susan Swearingen, and I do a lot of things. I think today, really, the hat that I'm going to wear is really as a mindfulness teacher and mindfulness coach. Um, locally here in St. Augustine, I am co-owner of a, of a women's boutique, and that's been really lovely because it's really plugged me into the local communities, and I think that's really become even more important as we're going through what we're going through right now, right? So, so what I wanted to just talk about and share with you and just converse around is, is the situation. And, and here in Florida, today was really the, the official day of stay at home, right? Staying in place. Right. And so we're, you know, we're kind of on this spectrum across the world now of learning what that means for us. And, you know, that's one of the things that I've been noticing for myself is what am I really going through? What are other people going through? And in my own life, in my own practice, I do go back to the things that I know work for me. And one of those includes mindfulness practices. So really, what is that? I mean, mindfulness is, it's really pretty simple. You know, it's, it's pretty much just paying attention to where you are right here, right now, on purpose, like with an intention to do that. And I will add with kindness. So that's the piece that I'm going to talk a little bit more about too. But that's really what being mindful is about. And I think right now in these times where things are really chaotic and uncertain, we, we can notice that our minds and our bodies aren't, aren't in the same place at the same time. Right. And, and not even just with the craziness of the world. It's almost like a lot of the time our minds and our bodies are not in the same place. Right? That's just a human way of being, right? So right now, you know, we've got overwhelming lives anyway. Probably most of us overwhelmed. Families, whatever the roles that we play, right? Business owner, family, wife, mother, daughter, just person seeking to live a good life, you know, all these things. And then some big thing happens like this, like the pandemic. Let's face it. This is the first time really I know in my lifetime in many of our lives and maybe even all of our lives that we've gone through something this large this widespread mm -hmm. and it's hard you know it's, it's hard and and I think that's I think the first thing that I wanted to share is that we really are going through a process together and this is a grieving process and I, and you know, a lot of people, and I, and I respect this, you know, stay positive, be positive. Absolutely. But there's a part of us that I think needs to just say, Hey, this, this kind of sucks. I mean, it, 
does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's new. It's a change. You know, and if you just kind of think about what you know about the grief process through the stage, and, and maybe you can relate to this. I mean, I can. So at first, something happens, an event happens, and there's denial. You know, and, and for me, it was like, oh, something's happening somewhere on the other side of the world. I'm not proud of that, but I do. I say that to myself. Oh, that's, that's happening. Yeah, it's not affecting right. Not, I don't feel the effect like oh I feel sorry for that but oh that that's gonna stay over there right and then and then even in the United States it starts to show up in the states and you're like oh that's up there yeah <laughs> right and I'm just laughing because we all know that that sounds kind of ridiculous but we feel it we all know that that's crossed our mind at some point yeah yes you know and unless somebody kind of do that panic. So there's some people that might panic when one thing goes on across the world, they think it's going to rule their lives, right? That can happen as well. But that's still, you can still use, it's still mindfulness. Where are you right now? What are you thinking? How yes. affecting your life? Be aware of that, right? So there's denial in there. You know, then sometimes we move into anger. Well, you can't tell me not to work. And, and I mean, right, wherever you are, you have kids in school, you have parents that need you, you have a business, you have a job. I mean, that is real. This anger of like, oh, you can't tell me what to do. I got things to take care of, right? So we, we kind of move in and out of that phase. And right. that's also, and then there's this phase of, well, if we just hold off for two weeks, and we kind of did this as a country, well, well it's just going to close down for two weeks, or this is going to happen for two weeks, then it'll be okay, right? And, and we, we, we want that to be true. You start to bargain with it. You start to, okay, if we do this for this long, then it's going to be okay. Okay, well, that's yet to be seen. And then we start to move into sadness. You know, when is this going to end? You know, I feel a loss of, of control, I feel a loss of physical distancing, you know, being able to meet people. I mean, there's some real sadness in there. There's larger sadness going on in the world of deaths, things that are going to be lost. But that's real. That is real. And then when we go through that, we do eventually come to a place of acceptance. Acceptance is really realizing that, okay, here's the situation. Here's what it looks like. Now, how do we proceed? Acceptance is not, I'm giving up, resignation. It doesn't mean that I don't care. It just means that in the course of being human, we go through these stages to get to a place where now we can decide how we want to respond. Mm -hmm. And so I, I guess I really, I want to say that because I knew for myself I needed permission to feel all those feelings. I felt like I was afraid to say how I felt. You know, I had a little, I did, I had some shame around, why do I feel bad? Everybody's going through this together. What's, you know, what I need to be positive. Like I'm a mindfulness teacher for goodness sake, right? Be mindful and be cheery and, and say it's going to be okay. But you know, the thing about, for me, what mindfulness is, is it's, it's about being real with yourself. You know, it's about understanding that we are all human. And so, again, every single human, I don't care where you are, what color you are, what religion you are, what, anything, it doesn't matter. We are actually sharing 
in this experience of this virus that's happening to us, right? Yes. So that could that's scary. It's scary. But there's also an element in there that we call common humanity. You know, it's an interesting threat that we can have a common fear, but there is also a common heart there. There's a common base of feeling within us, and we can tap into that. So, you know, as we kind of think about grieving, and, and some people get a little bit afraid of the word grief. It's okay, you do. Another way to think about that, there's different kinds of grieving. There's grieving over loss, but there's also anticipatory grief. And, and that is anticipating what can happen, more popularly known as anxiety. And I think so many people in this world have that at all ages from kids, I mean, throughout our lifetime. And if we're not somebody that had, like we say, oh, I'm a very anxious person, we do have it at some point or another. Yeah. And, I and I'm glad you mentioned even with kids. I think that, you know, me talking about the, the grief framework, I, I offer it as a framework to help us kind of categorize and, and I think um, authenticate and validate the feelings that we're feeling. And I do think as friends, as parents, you know, all, all those kind of roles, once you kind of realize that for yourself, you can offer that to others in your life. You know, we're, a lot of us are caregivers in one way or another. And you, we all know the saying, you know, you cannot give to someone what you don't have. It's, it's just a basic truth. It's true. So, you know, just staying with yourself and saying, yes, I have anxiety. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're anxious for all the time. It doesn't make you bad. It just means this. A big thing has happened. It is very uncertain. Nobody has answers. And yes, we anticipate a lot of times all the what ifs. What if the, this happens? What am I going to do here? What am I going to do if this happens? Right? right? So I think that's just a base of experience that we all come to in, in situations like these. And so, you know, I've been thinking about what, how, to, how to help. You know, how, do I, how, do I, how can I help you? How can I help? Right? I can't give you answers. I can't take away the pain. Saying right. it's okay to have the pain. It's okay to see the emotions. And it's okay, actually, to hold those negative emotions along with positive emotions. That's the point. I they agree. all coexist. Right? It's not to push away the bad and, and bring in the good. Because you may have had that experience, too. You kind of push things away. It's like, it's like telling yourself, I'm not, I'm not going to think about eating chocolate. Well, I'm immediately thinking about eating chocolate, right? Right, yeah. So we want to balance that, those thoughts and say that they can all coexist because they all belong together. So, so let, me, let me share with you a couple things that I do. Okay, okay. The first one right, is when we start to feel that feeling of anxiety or, or – and, and I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe – for me, it's like contracting in my chest and not, I'm not breathing. I start to get like inside. I kind of get butterflies. I start, to, I start to actually, you feel, I know something's not right. I, same thing. My heart will race or I get it. I do get a tightening in my chest and I sort of start to feel a bit distant. Um, almost like I'm taking a step back and just watching. Mm -hmm. And to me, I mean, obviously, as I've gotten older and wiser, as we say, I'm not afraid of it. But I used to be very afraid of any feelings that didn't feel, quote, normal for me. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I know everybody has different feelings of anxiousness. You know, some people will start shaking. Some people will actually get an upset stomach. Uh, some people will actually feel really ill um, or come down. You know, there's so many different things. But what we're talking about is that it, it all is, um, they're all different, but it's still anxiousness, right? I mean, yeah. and there's ways that we can help ourselves to cope with that. And the sooner we learn it, we can also teach our children um, how to, which is super important because I always feel if we can teach the younger generations, these things, if they don't follow them all the time, at least they've got it in the back of their heads and they'll be like, Oh, I do remember hearing about this. I'm going to try it type of a thing. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the thing about that is even like you were talking about how these, how anxiety kind of produces itself. Here's another one that I noticed. I start to get irritated. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Get- you start like your, your, your fuse is a little less. So, I mean, yeah. And I can recognize it now myself as you probably can with yours. And I still have two children at home and two grown, but I mean, my kids have always known, you know, if I say to you, you really don't want me to answer that question right now. They know that's a cue, like whether it be anxiousness or I'm busy or whatever, they're not going to get the answer because I'm, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling right. You know what I'm saying? So recognizing it, like you said at the beginning. Yeah. Recognizing it first. And that is, that is a mindful moment. Mm -hmm. Even if you're feeling bad and you say, oh, I'm I'm really angry. Well, that you just kind of came awake for that second. Right. Right. So, so when you can catch that, and we've all done that. Sometimes it's a second. Sometimes it's five seconds. Sometimes it's an hour. I mean, we lose ourselves. Right. We lose ourselves in the moment. And so when you, when you realize that, here's a really simple way of bringing yourself back. Cause I love what you said. You feel like you kind of left and, and really this is about bringing your mind and body together. Coming back home to yourself is another way to think about it. Okay. Is this literally look around your room and notice five different things. Just notice like, Oh, there's um, a computer speaker right in front of me. I never really noticed that it was big and it's kind of got these colors on. Or I'm noticing out the window that, well, there's these really tall grasses and this blue sky. You know, or just notice there's a candle sitting next to me and I'm just looking at the flickering flame. And you just kind of do that. And what, what's happening is that you're actually telling your brain, right? Your brain needs things to think about. That's what the brain is about. Right. right? By the way, mindfulness and meditation is not about stopping your thoughts. So many people tell me, oh, I can't stop my thoughts. I'm I'm a horrible meditator. It's like, well, that's not what you're doing. You're retraining, you're refocusing your brain away from a lot of the things that you're anticipating to where you are right now, right? So you can do it that way. You can kind of use things that you see, five things, just five things in the room. And then what you'll find is that, okay, you may start to calm down a little bit. Right? Your mind's going to want to keep telling you, no, you had something over here you were worried about. But now if you make some distance, you can kind of decide what to do with that. Right? You can always go back to being anxious if you want. Right. Or you can decide, oh, I know. I need, uh, what do I need? I, I need a walk. I just need a walk. You know, like you said, I, if your kids are like, what, do I, what, what am I going to do, mom? What do you want me to do? And you're just like, I need some space. Maybe you just leave the room for a second. Right. But what's ha- what happens is, is that 
you know, our brains are, are incredible. We've got a primitive brain, right? At the base of the back of the skull, we have a reptilian brain. The reptilian brain is the part of the brain that deals with flight or fight or freeze or fate. You know, it's survival. Right. And right now, our primitive brains across the world are, are sensing there's a threat. It knows. It does. It knows. And that's where these reactions come of the emotion, the fear, the, well, what are you going to do? See, the brain starts to want to survive, right? So it's like, what are you going to do if this happens? And then what are you going to do if this happens? That's where that comes from. Right. That makes sense. And that's natural. And you know what? We need that. It's just that when you can do something like, like I said, one little technique of, okay, notice five things in your room right now. Mm-hmm. It starts to help to just interrupt those signals so that what happens is the frontal cortex. This is the adult brain. This, this thing right here is the, the very unique humanness of the ability to say, oh my gosh, to come out of a reactivity. And it starts to come back online. And when it comes back online, you do have a moment, right? And that is awakeness of saying, okay, where am I? See, the body and the mind have just come together. So that's one one, one quick way of coming into the present. Notice five things around you, okay? okay? And then here's the next thing you can do. Ask yourself, what is it that I can control? Really, what can I control? Think, think about that. You know, I can't control what my neighbor is doing. I can't. I can't control what someone's doing six feet away from me. But I can control that. I can wash my hands. I mean, that's why people keep saying to you, wash your hands. Why? Because you can control that. Right. You can control most of everything. But you can take a deep breath. You know, that's another wonderful way to calm down your nervous system. It's just to take a breath. I mean, we do that sometimes naturally. And so we kind of, again, see what's happening is you're becoming more rational-minded. And then once we can kind of calm all that down, here's the other really beautiful opportunity. And this is my favorite part, is compassion and self-compassion. And when, I don't know, when you think about, Kathleen, when you think about compassion, I don't know, where does that, doesn't that tend to happen here? Like, when you think about being compassionate in your body, where do you feel it? I think about my heart. Mm-hmm. I think I think right here. Yeah. And and that's, you know, what they call the heart-mind, is, is there's really kind of a whole mind kind of system in our hearts and our guts. And it, it allows us to kind of go there, you know, to say, okay, you know, and I, I always start with self-compassion, which is really a practice that, that has really changed my life. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's important because I think when people think of compassion as well, the first thing they think of is compassion for somebody else. Yes. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what come to my That always used to, especially, come to my mind first. Yeah. But we need to have it for ourselves. And I think that's beautiful. Yes. So even in, in those steps, to say, you know, what what does self-compassion look like in that moment? Well, it's like, just like you said, we know what it's like to be compassionate to others. So what if you gave that same depth and level of compassion to yourself? I mean, that's that's kind of mind-blowing for a lot of people. I know it was for me. I mean, I really 
have had to learn that. You know, how loving I am. Think about someone you love, you know, your children, your dog, your pet, and how loving and tender you can be with that being. And so what if we turn it, and they call that a U-turn, you know, what if you took your loving hands and you placed them on yourself? And for a moment said, and this is what it's looked like for me. It's looked like, wow, Susan, I, I know this is, you've been anxious and you've been really tired. And what do you need right now? You know, these are conversations with myself. And it was like, oh, I, I, needed to, I need to go offline for a little bit. I, I need a nap. You know, I need a walk. I need a bath. What, whatever it is. But it's, it's a beautiful way, I think, to turn around some of these feelings that we're having. To say, instead of us, what typically will happen is that is this. I don't want to feel this. Push it away. Just mm-hmm. think happy thoughts. I'm okay. Or I go have a glass of wine or two, you know, or I go eat something or I do whatever these distractions are um, that aren't really healthy. You can turn it into something where you can kind of interrupt the flow, come into the moment and be with yourself and just ask yourself, what do I need right now? And that's that is a process that I have been practicing over and over anyway. And I think right now it's something that people can try to bring into their own toolkit of, okay, how do I, how do I manage myself during this? How do I really come to reality with myself, but do it in a way that's kind, do it in a way that's loving. So that's, that's just kind of a a quick way of what I'm, been thinking about is how do we one give each other permission and give ourselves the permission to feel all the feels you know feel all the feels right just it, it's okay to feel angry and sad you don't want to live there yes that's what I, yeah right you can't but you do have to feel it but i think that's where people get stuck they're just mad or there. I mean, we're hearing it more and more these days, not that we're talking to as many people by any means, but if I'm on the phone or I hear, you know, yes, but this, yes, but that. And I think when they set up camp there, that's where the issue comes in because it trickles down. And I wanted to say that as well, because now everybody is inside, right? So if you're somebody that has a significant other or children or whomever you're, you're living with, you're around them probably way more than you usually are if you're not typically together all the time. And so they can't, they, they are trying to get used to that stuff too, right? They're trying to get used to that. And they're not, they don't, not sure how to deal with not only themselves, but now this person is really annoying me. And so then if that person starts with the, but, oh my gosh, this, oh, this is happening and this is happening if you're that type of person that gets anxious, you might feed off of that and therefore make your anxiety like feel really bad. So with the tips that you are saying, right, we, we can each take a hold of ourselves and maybe help our kids with that as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's real and I appreciate that. You know, I think that's the thing. It's not that the last thing we need right now is to add some other activity that we have to do to get better. Right. That, that's not what, what we need. And so I think, you know, here, here's something else that you might try. You know, take an activity to practice with yourself. Take an activity 
that you do, like taking a shower. Like I've done this with myself. I'm like, the shower, taking a shower might be one of the most mindless activities that we do because we do it on a regular basis. Like who remembers? I don't really, it's just something you do. Right. But you know, if you're usually, you know, hope even moms, I mean, I know kids still want to be there. Their hands are poking in and mom, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. Even if it's for a moment, you know, I, I take it, you know, really take it for yourself because it's already something you're doing. And if it's something that you can kind of squeeze anything out for yourself to get yourself okay, do it. Look, our five senses are all gateways to mindfulness. They're actually the gateways to our heart. So it, it so, sounds so funny, but like this morning in the shower, I was like, wow, I like spend a lot of time figuring out what kind of shampoo I want to buy. Like really, like what is the, what's the kind? What does it smell like? And I like never friggin' smell it. Like I never pay attention to it. Oh, so you're in there, you're not. You're right. not. If you're right. Maybe pay attention to that. Like when you're. Yes. This, and it's so funny you say that because actually this, after my workouts, you know, I'm, I'm taking another shower and blah, blah, blah. And this morning, so I use this, um, so I'll just tell you that the, the quote flavor smell that I love is rose water. And, but this morning, for some reason, I noticed the smell. Like, and I really was like, oh my gosh, I need this in all the showers um, so that I can smell this all the time. But it did put me in a little bit different place too. You know what I mean? I was actually enjoying that. And it sounds crazy, but it did bring my mind off of other types of things. And I love that idea of the things that you're doing anyway. Try to focus in on that. And some people that are listening, if you've never tried it and you're thinking right now, that is the silliest thing I have ever heard of. You have to try it because like you said, Susan, this is not all about adding something else into your life. This is about what are you already doing now, since there's enough going on, that you can actually become a bit more mindful in your daily life. And then if you're doing it with things that you already do anyway, you're going to start using that as that's going to become a habit too. So you'll slowly start to feel those changes, right? Yeah, you do. You do, and here's the thing, here's what's cool, really cool about it is that th- this is researched stuff. Like it's like in the there's all kind of brain research is kind of blowing up right now, and and really what you're doing physically in your brain is you're rewiring it. You are creating new pathways when ner- new neurons like that fire together, they wire together. And so I know it sounds so far fetched, but it is true. If you take anything, brushing your teeth. Have you, I mean, when's the last time you really paid attention to putting the, the toothpaste on? Again, you know, I choose my flavors. I don't pay attention. I like yeah. Right? So the coolness of the water, you know, and in the shower, I loved your, your example of rose water. I mean, that's just so, already I'm like, ooh, rose water sounds nice. So enjoy the suds, the, the feeling of the water on your skin, you know, the, the hearing, the shower on, and, and kind of this inside world you have. I mean, there is so much beauty in that, even if it's just for a moment. And it is something that as you do more and more, it does start to rewire your brain. And here's the key. Um, Let me say something about this though, because here's the other thing I don't want to do is I don't want to create more stress because here's what's going to happen. 
you're going to be in the shower and maybe for a second you'll be like, oh, this shampoo smells great. And then I'm going to be like, hey, what am I going to have for breakfast? I don't, what do, I don't think I have enough food. I, thoughts are going to come in. I, they will come in. And here's what you do. You don't do, oh my gosh, I suck at this. Like, I totally don't remember. Right. No, you don't, don't do that. Why? We don't need more of that in our lives. Just here's what you do. Like, like when you train a puppy and a puppy makes a mistake, you gently bring the puppy. You just say, oh gosh, oh my gosh, I, I lost myself. I'm just going to come back and I'm going to notice the water. And even that gentleness, that's a nice way to be with yourself. And that will also continue to help cultivate what we're talking about. It's a kindful, mindful way. And that's your self-compassion that you were talking about. Being exactly. compassionate. Like you would talk to someone else. And, and I know I've talked to my kids about this too when, when things are going on. You know, what, would you, what would you tell your sister? Or what would you tell your brother if they were coming to you with this issue? Because I know it's somebody you really love. You know, you, you know, or what would you tell your best friend? Yes. That's what you need to tell yourself. And that is the self-compassion thing. And I, I think, um, you know, I keep saying kids just because too, I mean, we both have children. Um, but we also know that right now people are home with their children, <laughs> you know? So these are things too, to, they can start practicing their own self-compassion and exactly what you're saying to do by saying, okay, then if you can't think, if we can't quite get our minds wrapped around that, is that to me, I feel like we're born to help self-compassion, but we kind of slowly get out of it, you know, because somebody says, oh, you can't do that. Or, you know, you're not really that good at that. Or, oh my gosh. Or they, they get you revved up, right. Over something that they're anxious about. Um, so that's all what you're talking about is being the self-compassion. And that's something that we have to relearn. We do have to relearn. And, and that's why I think the mindfulness stuff is so important. You know, it's not about sitting in the woods um, on a bunch of leaves uh, or however. You know, I think some people that don't practice mindfulness, they might, that might be the first thing that comes to their mind is, you know, I do that stuff kind of a thing. But this yeah. is for everybody. This is everyday life stuff, everyday life stuff that can be done. And it's simple. We say it's simple because it doesn't take long. And I know, and I'm sure you've read these researches as well, you know, 18 to 20 seconds is what it starts. That's the start to start to trigger those changes, right? So like you said a minute ago, you keep, it keeps changing the pathways and it grows and it grows until you're wondering, why did you even think that way before anyway? Yeah. You have to make yourself think the, the ways that aren't good. So mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that you're ignoring the bad parts. I'm just saying that you've kind of overridden them. Mm -hmm. it, and then, and sometimes if you do, and here's the thing, like it's, we're, we're all going to, we're not going for perfection. Right. We're going for progress. So there is going to be a time where, you know, look, this is a traumatic time right now. So a lot of trauma is being, is kind of being conjured up in, in us. And we just have to know that. But here's the thing. When you do do something and you feel like it wasn't the right thing to do or you feel bad about it or it wasn't, you know, whatever these judgments we have, even that deserves your kindness to say, okay, I did that again. So come back to the moment and how do I just be with myself for just the moment, forgive myself and move on. And that all of this, you know, it's not striving here. I'm not, any kind of striving is not being compassionate with, with yourself in the moment. 
you know, it's really saying what is happening right now and saying, okay, I see that. I come back to it and I say, okay, now what do I want to do with that? And that's the practice. It, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it takes consistency. It takes, you know, when you try to change your mind, uh, mindfulness or mind, about things it it does it is work because we're not used to it right if you're not used to it it will feel like work and that's what we were saying before is it gets to be a little bit easier over well it gets to be a whole lot easier over time but then we start working on it we're still working on it um you know every day i know you work on your mindfulness i work on mine every single day i think of it as working out i mean i'm not going to work out you know for a week and then decide you know i'm good for a few months i'm not going to get that benefit so it's an everyday thing um, you know, I don't want to keep you too much longer because we're going to definitely be talking a whole lot. The, what is your thought? So if a, if a mom, for instance, is listening to this or a dad who everybody's home, right? Um, if they're thinking, or you're a single parent, whatever the issue is, and you think I have no time, like I don't even have time in the shower because like you said, if you've got little kids, you got them all parked right there, right? They're all, that's their time. They want to talk most. Um, I would think, because this is the stuff I did when my kids were younger, was I w- would get up early, right? Get up early. I mean, is that something that you suggest? Even if we need, so if we can't find that time during the day, if we truly, say we're in that mindset. I mean, we always could, but say we're just, we can't. Is that something that you suggest and that you think is still effective just because you have time to yourself and maybe then look around at the five things? Yeah. You know, I, I, that's a hard one, right? Because I, I, I know, I just, I feel it. I feel that it's really hard. And then even, I don't, wouldn't even want to put pressure on anyone to say, you know, try to get up early. Because sometimes people are we're just exhausted. But what if it's five minutes early? Or what if maybe you're hang up? Maybe try. You know, try. Here's the thing. Here's what I would say. Okay. okay. You are going to try something. When you first wake up, take three deep breaths. Okay. Feel yourself just any time that you can notice and breathe. We're breathing all the time. Take a deep breath. Lay in your bed. Take three deep breaths. Feel your body on the bed. Move around your fingers and your toes and then get up. But there will be moments, you know, when you're starting to with your kids and maybe everybody's crazy at breakfast and you're cooking. As you're cooking, just take a deep breath and notice I'm cooking. Just tell yourself I'm cooking eggs right now. I'm right here. You know, I'm in my house. And that is the kind of little moments you come back to yourself. Don't make it hard. Start that way. And even if for like two seconds, you could be like, oh, this is a great shampoo. Get it. You know, celebrate that because that can be a big change for yourselves. So that is absolutely something that just keep trying and we'll talk some more because i've got more oh we have a whole lot to talk about and i think uh you know and this is whether it be a time like this which there's change going on all over the world this is one time that everything is just different and so all of these things everybody needs a little bit of guidance i feel like and we're always learning and that's what i love i love the fact that in this life well, be open to always learning as well. So let's just say that to everybody. Nobody knows everything. And sometimes something will trigger. So if we hear something that somebody else says, and we're like, 
I never thought of that. And that's why I love to collaborate so much. And I love to hear what other people have to say, as I know you do. And I think that's what we're here for is to share that kind of stuff. And, and if anybody is listening and has any questions, you can drop that below or you can message Susan or myself. We're tagged on this and, you know, just reach out and ask. We're absolutely here. And then you can reach us that way. So thank you so much, Susan, for being here. We could be here a whole lot longer and we will be. Um, so, but thank you very much for everything and allowing us to come up with some things that we can try throughout the day to help us through this time right now. I mean, it's really, really helping. It's going to help. We're welcome. And so right at the end, we're just going to take one deep breath together. Just inhale. And then open your mouth and exhale. Just sigh it out. Okay, so take as many of those during the day as you can. <laughs> that was a really good deep breath. I just. <laughs> um, but thank you so much. But we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Hi, my name is Kathleen Miner. I am founder and president of Hopeful Handbags, a global nonprofit 501c3 and charity organization. We give hope and support to women who have gone through domestic violence and other detrimental situations. It's time to raise awareness that domestic violence is not okay and that there is help and support all over the world. You can donate money, handbags, or necessities that will give hope to these amazing women. Never underestimate the power of hope. If you or your business would like to become a corporate or local sponsor anywhere in the world of Hopeful Handbags, please contact me at hopefulhandbags.org. That's hopeful, H-O-P-E-F-U-L-L, or kathleenminer.com. And you too can give hope.